This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. And welcome to another edition of the Players to be Named Later podcast. I'm Ed. That's Dan. Say hi, Dan. What's up, Ed? How's it going, bud? Long time no talk. Oh, you know, things are things. And ladies and gentlemen, we are going to give you something that we have been promising to give you for the last forever. And that is edition one of two of our baseball previews. This one, we will be breaking down position rankings and maybe even doing something fun at the end. We shall see. Now, before we get into that, there are some provisos, provisions, things that, you know, we need to explain first. And that is some of these positions may not exactly be what the positions are when the season starts. We may have some guys in left field that are going to be in right field or some guys that are playing first that may be a DH. This is just the way we both came up with it, not necessarily the way we believe they're going to be playing April 1st or whatever your opening day is for whatever team you root for. That being said, Dan, are you ready to begin this? And I am ready to tell you why your list is wrong and mine is correct. All right, well, let's start at the catcher position. And while our lists had around about the same set of names, with the exceptions of, for instance, Cal Raleigh, which you have at seventh, we disagree on the top three. I have Will Smith of the Dodgers. No shock at all. You have Adlai Rushman of Baltimore, who is the 19th overall ranked player, according to the MLB Network. We're going to be throwing a few of those in as well. Dan, why Adley over Will Smith? Besides the fact you're a Baltimore homer. Uh, more pop in the bat. Younger. I uh, expect Adley to have another great, another step forward year, as well as he's a better defensive catcher as well when it comes to uh, just better overall player uh, in general. Uh, I mean, you can argue Will Smith, but maybe there is a little bit of homerism in, in mind. Uh, my question for you is that is, why do you have Wilson Contreras number three? For the same reason you have Adley Rushman at number one, because he plays for my favorite team. And I believe that the Cardinals are going to turn the corner this year, and it's going to be because of Contreras. He's going to have another year with a more seasoned uh, starting pitching staff. And I think... He, Another year under his belt in St. Louis, figuring out what exactly is going to be expected of him, I think is going to be a big help. And he's one of the more underrated defensive catchers in baseball. I don't think that gets mentioned enough. I guess my pushback with that is, and then we'll go down the list because we obviously have a bunch of positions to go through. My, my pushback with that becomes... He, you may consider him one of the better defensive catchers, but if your pitchers don't want to pitch to him, oh, here we go again. Last that, year, yeah, and what happened? Where is that pitcher now? Well, it wasn't just one; it was multiple, if I remember correctly. And he had some work with Yadier Molina over the off season, and I mean, if the Cardinals get off to a slow start, Yadier Molina may be the next manager of the Cardinals, which could help him as well. Whether or not that happens remains to be seen. But, yeah, you're right. I just – I ranked with my heart, not my gut or my brain. Um, I mean, I, I can I can say that I, – I can I can see Wilson jumping into the top five by the end of the season if he plays a la 2019 Brewers. I thought he was with the Cubs. Correct. You are correct. It's, it's another central team. 
they're all the same to me. Worst I say his brother plays with the Cup, or his brother plays with the Brewers, who we both have ranked fourth. Um, and I do believe William has became the better catcher over Wilson, but better hitter, better hitter. I'm not sure better catcher, but better hitter. Let's. Uh, I will run through my top ten, and then you can. Uh, run. We don't need to go through all of them. Just so, we can just hit the big five and go from there. Uh, go ahead, do yours. Uh, Adley, Rutschman, JT Realmuto, Sean Murphy, William Contreras, and Will Smith. I do believe, looking back at this list, Will Smith should be fourth and not fifth. Uh, that is a that is a jump I would make. You could even argue him up to third for me. Um, but I really feel like anybody within this top five for me, you could argue going one through five, and uh, it may be a convincing argument on my really? that you could possibly do. Really, we have the same one through six, and Sean Murphy is your third and my sixth. Really, any of them going in there, and you can even throw in maybe Jonah Heim as well, where you could make a compelling case. You have him at nine, I have him at eight, that it a, a strong case could be made one way or the other for any of those guys to be the best catcher overall. Let's move along. Let's go to first base. The fifth-ranked player, according to MLB, is Freddie Freeman. And you have him at, as the best first baseman in baseball. I have him at third behind Matt Olson and Bryce Harper. Really, this is another one like catcher where anytime you have players that ranked high in all of baseball, you can have them one, two, or three. But my thing to you is you have Vlad Guerrero Jr. at number two ahead of Olson and my number one, Bryce Harper. Defend that. I mean, I think that's pretty easy to defend. Vlad Guerrero Jr. is probably is is the best hitter out of those three that you just mentioned. Uh, for me, it's Freddie Freeman, hands down, number one. There's no question about that. Uh, you could maybe argue that Olsen should be two and Vlad should be three. But Vlad has a little bit of speed behind him. And um, to me, just Harper has to more so prove it after coming off somewhat of a down year last year, coming back from healthy. surgery. Um, so, but for me, Vlad is hands down I mean, Vlad Guerrero could realistically have another breakout year, and he's already broken out. He can just continue to rise up that rank, rise up those ranks. Um, but I, I just feel like he's one of the best young first basemen in the league. And at the end of the season, you could possibly argue that he would be number one, and I don't think that would be too outlandish. Um, obviously, we have 182 games to go. But with no, we don't. projections. We have 162 games plus 162 training. 162 games to go, probably about 182 if we count the spring training games that are left. Sure. Um, but uh, with the way he just projects out and what we saw last year, I think that's something we can expect moving forward. Um, for you me, know, hold on. Uh, what, give me a minute because I'm going to refute your point. The reason he, I have him at six, and by the way, the only difference between Dan and I's rankings are who we have at one and two. We have the same six guys, one through six. It's just the order is a little different. Um, he's going to play in the AL East. And if Jordan Montgomery does get signed by Boston, which is entirely possible, he's got to face them. He's got to face what the Orioles have done. He's got to face what the Yankees have done with, oh, excuse me, all of their spending. That's a tough division to play. And Bryce Harper plays in the AL East. Matt Olson plays in the AL East. While there's good pitching there, it's not great pitching. NL East. NL, that's what I meant. Freddie Freeman plays on the best team in baseball. That's why he's number five. And Pete Alonso plays in the NL East. We both have Paul Goldschmidt, who is ranked number 36 in the MLB as well. I have him at fourth. You have him at fifth. Um, after that, it gets a little fishy. But I don't think Vlad's going to have the season you think he's going to because he has to face the pitching he does. Well, one thing you have to remember is this isn't the baseball schedule of old. He's not facing these teams 19 times a year anymore. It doesn't matter. Well, I mean, we can agree to disagree on that. We'll see how the season plays out. Uh, one thing I do want to mention, because I believe this kid could have a breakout year, and that's Spencer Torkelson of Detroit. I have him ranked at number seven. You don't have him ranked at all, understandably it, he, so. He would have been 11. He would have been 11. But I do need you to defend Josh Naylor at nine. Somebody's got to hit behind or in front of uh, Jose Ramirez. That's going to be valuable at bats, and somebody's got to do it. 
he's he's good defensively. It's a make or break year for him, I feel, and this is going to be he's going to get Cleveland a good amount of stuff at the trade deadline when he gets dealt. Okay. I mean, so be it. That's how you feel. That's how you feel about it. Uh, a little bit of a homerism there, I believe too. My yeah, top five. No, absolutely. Freddie, Vlad, Matt Olson, Bryce Harper, and then Paul Goldschmidt. And I, Pete Alonzo Goldschmidt, that was a coin toss for me. If I were to go back and do it today, I actually think I would flip them because Alonzo isn't a contract year coming up on his first free on his first big year of free agency, and I think that's going to play a part in him having a great season this season. Well, to be fair, Goldschmidt has been rumored to be traded most of last season. And if Jordan Walker doesn't figure out the corner outfield position, they need to get his bat in somewhere. And if Goldschmidt can, and the Cardinals get off to a terrible start and they can get something for Goldschmidt at the deadline, that he may be playing for his life in St. Louis. And even if he isn't, he may be auditioning for another place elsewhere because the Cardinals are, are an enigma. And you'll find out just how varying you and I think about that when we do our uh, MLB preview show, which is part two of this one coming up whenever we get it done. Uh, let's move along. Let's go to second base. No surprise here. The second best player in the According to the MLB is Mookie Betts, and we both have him number one. Number 22 in the MLB is Jose Altuve. We both have him at number two. I have Bogarts at three. You have him at five. You have Simeon at three. I have him at eight. But why Ozzy Albies at four and not higher? I have him at nine. You have him at four. Why justify him being fourth? You want me to justify him being fourth rather than being second, first, second, or third? I want you to justify him being in the position he's in. Well, I mean, I, I think it's pretty clear when you look at these guys that I have ranked behind him. Uh, I have Bogarts at five. Bogarts has never played second. Yes, Bogarts has a solid bat. But switching the side of the infield can make a huge difference. Matt McClain, he had a great breakout season last year. That one could be argued he should be lower because we're not 100% sure if he's going to be ready for opening day. Uh, Luisa Rise. His glove is very shaky. He's not the best defensive second baseman. Yes, he hits for contact, but he is not a power hitter. Second base is not known to be a power hitter, but that's why Arise is where he is. Uh, Jimenez, that one, I mean, I guess you could maybe argue. Um, and then at number nine, I have Jackson Holiday. I'm not going to throw a rookie in the top five. And Kendall Marte at, sec- at 10, which in hindsight, Kendall Marte probably should be sitting sixth and everybody should be should be bumped down one for me. Um, that was a little bit of an oversight on my part. That's but I, think I, have, I mean, you you look at Albies and you look what he can do defensively and what he can do with the bat. He got off to a slow start last season and he picked it up about halfway through and was a huge difference maker for that team. So that's I mean that's why where he is. He's he, he's the he's the fourth best second baseman in my eyes. Um, I need you to defend Marcus Simeon down at number eight. For the same reason I have Albies at number nine. They overachieved. I think they Marcus were Simeon over- has been doing this year in and year out for the last three years, at least. You can date back to his time in Oakland. I didn't mean him specifically. I meant his team in total. He was a driving force on that team, but he also benefit- benefited from a lot of guys that were playing way above their head. Texas is going to regress to the mean. I don't think Texas Atlanta... Definitely- I agree with that. I don't think Atlanta get wins as, as handedly as they do this year that they did last year, because they're going to regress a little bit as well. And I think, I don't know if I agree with that. I think both of those guys are going to feel that. And I mean, I, it's just, I mean, it's, it's hard to argue that having the 21st player ranked below, because that is where MLB has him ranked 21st. And we have the guy right behind him at 22nd ranked above him, but I don't think anybody's going to argue Altuve over Simeon. Um, But my, I mean, I kind of went through my top five uh, bets. Altuve, and, and, Simeon, and you, yeah. Albies you got- and you kind of went through mine too. I have Arias at four and Jimenez at five. That's a little bit of a Cleveland thing, but I don't know. I kind of like I kind of like the way Cleveland shapes up. And I say this every year. They play in a weak division, and on paper Second they payroll in baseball. On paper they look like they're going to do very very well, and yet then they don't, or they do middling or whatever. Uh, let's move. Let's go to the third base spot. Now, you and I have one and two inverted. I have Jose Ramirez, MLB's 14th ranked player, 
at number one. Austin Riley, MLB's 15th rate player for Atlanta at number two. You have those inverted. And then it gets a little crazy after that. I got Bregman, Arenado, and Devers. Arenado's 33, Devers 32. You have Devers, Machado, who I have much lower, and Alex Bregman. And then at six, this is going to be the first spot where you see Ed and I have players at different positions. I just want to get this out the way now. Yes. Um, You you have Gunnar Henderson sitting at sixth and third. Gunnar Henderson is not on my third base list. I do not expect him to play third this season. Um, Both these these lists were kind of done a little bit differently. We didn't really give each other rules for this. Uh, Based off what I see, it looks to me like, Ed, you kind of did it based off where they played last position. I did. And I did a little bit of projecting where they will play this year coming up. Um, So I did just want to get that out of the way because that would be a question that would get asked. So Um, um, why do you have Dolan Arenado at eighth? He's the MLB's 33rd ranked player, and you have him as the eighth best third baseman behind Ellie De La Cruz, Key Brian Hayes, and Alex Bregman. Um, well, I have – well, first of all, being behind Alex Bregman is is not, should not be in question. Um, you, have, you have him behind – you have him behind Bregman as well. So you can't question – can't no, question Bregman. No, you're right. Um, you can question Key Brian Hayes and Ellie De La Cruz. Uh, I expect Key Brian Hayes to continue what he finished last season with as far as being a great player, and I believe he will take the next step. And you and I both saw what Ellie De La Cruz did when he got called up. He went on a great tear. I think if he does have a full season, he may take that rookie of the year from Corbin Carroll, to be completely honest with you. Is he eligible for that? He oh, is not eligible for rookie of the year. year. You're talking about last year. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's why, and I think – Arenado is going to regress some. I mean, I'm going to be honest. Your friendship is the reason why he actually probably wasn't ninth. Because I think you can argue Josh Young should could be a, could finish the season above him too. Uh, Josh Young, we both could have very too low based off how he played last year. He could jump on my list, Key Brian Hayes and Ellie De La Cruz, uh, with ease, to be completely honest. The only reason I don't have Key Brian Hayes, I, he, he's again, he would have been 11th. But... I don't You're trust Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. I, I don't. Know. And I, I see them up close and personal way more than I care to, way more than I absolutely want to. They way overachieved in the first half of last season. And I think we're going to see more of the Pirates and what we got in the second half of the season than what we did in the first. And that's going to affect a lot of people. Um, I actually, and I disagree with you on that. And that'll be a fun conversation we have when it gets, when we get to the standings. We both have them in the same position, but we just we both look at that division two completely different ways. It is crazy how different we look at the division, but our standings are very similar. Let's go to the shortstop position. We have a little bit of a disagreement here, and I kind of disagreed with the MLB as this went forward. They have Corey Seager at the sixth overall player. That's MLB. You have him at one. I have him at two. Frankie Lindor up. I love Mr. Smiley. I got him as the best shortstop in baseball. You have him two. I got Bobby Witt three. You have him at four. You have Trey Turner at three. I have him at five. And then I got Dansby Swanson in there with the Cubs. Um, and you, this is where you have Gunnar Henderson at fifth at short. We both have Bo Bichette at sixth, and I think that's right there. Now, talk to me about Kim ha or I, he has a different name, I believe. He's, I've seen him go both ways. But this is a Japanese import from San Diego. Well, he's, San he's Diego. been there. He was there last season, too. Um, he can he can swipe a bag. He has a great glove behind him. Kind of a contact hitter. Has a little bit of pop in the bat, but not much. Um, and I just think he takes that other step forward. He was a – I feel like the other thing that's going to help him is he was a utility infielder last year, last year. And I think you and I both will agree that when you settle into one position – and you know that that's where you're playing every single day, that's going to give you a little bit more comfortability at the plate, a little bit more comfortability all around during the grueling, during the dog days of summer. Um, I just think that that's something that's going to help him. And, uh, I mean, he played good last year, and I don't expect it to take a turn uh, for the for the worst, to be completely honest with you. Fair enough. Um, I do have to question your 
I, I'm going to be honest. I have to question, man, it's tough to say this, but I, I got a question, Frankie Lindor. You having him over Seager. I mean, Seager finished second in the in the in the MVP voting last year. Uh-huh. Silver Slugger, All Star, sure. uh, six point yeah. nine WAR for the season. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Frankie Lindor did have a six point oh WAR for the season, but with what Seager did, kind of putting that team on his back, I don't know how you can look at him as the number one shortstop heading into the season. I already said it. Texas will regress to the mean, and Corey Seager will not have the same year. I don't know if I trust the Mets more than I trust that Frankie Lindor is the best defensive shortstop in baseball. And I just like the guy. I think Cleveland letting him go was one of the, I mean, Cleveland's refusal to spend money has cost them multiple runs and letting Frankie Lindor go was a mistake. I still, he is, he's cool, man. Do I really want to say this? He's going to end his career as a borderline Hall of Famer at worst. And yeah, well, it was a mistake by Cleveland to let him go. I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with that, but you got Jam Ram instead. And uh, personally, out of the two, I personally would prefer J Ram. So, I think you spend the money and you keep them both. And you solidified the left side of your infield. And that my frustration with the Dolans is is peaking at the absolute wrong time. We are going to move along and we're going to go to right field. And in right field, we both have MLB's number one player at the number one spot. And rightfully so Ronald Acuna. After that, it gets a little hairy. We each have a different guy at number two, but the same guy at number three, Corbin Carroll is your number two. He's 18th ranked in baseball, I have him at four because I got Juan Soto, the seventh ranked guy, at two. Why is Corbin Carroll better than Juan Soto? Corbin Carroll should be third and Juan Soto should be second. I would shift everybody down one if I were to go back and do this again today. These lists are very fluid. I feel like it all depends on the mood we woke up in the day we did them with some of these guys and the positions that they're in. Um, but defending Corbin Carroll, rookie of the year last year, um, stole bags, had some shoulder issues. If he stays healthy this year, I think you can arguably say he would, he could be the second best right fielder, um, just with what we saw from him. So if he stays healthy, I think it's something that could be argued. And when I put this list together, part of me does question Juan Soto handling that New York market. Mm -hmm. They love guys that hit home runs. Yes. Soto hits a ton but they don't really like guys that walk as the fan base is Soto has a stretch of where he's not getting hits. He's not getting on base and he starts getting booed by the fans. I think you may see that rattle him a little bit. I mean, we've seen Soto get rattled in the past. He's a young guy and it all depends on how he's, how he's going to do in this New York market. And I think that's a bigger question mark than what people really take it into consider. Uh, You know, he's got his little show, his little Soto shuffle and that swag, but you know, they, you know, I mean, he played in D.C., yes, but D.C. is not a New York market. They do say East Coast, Beast Coast, and the Beast can eat up these players. We've seen it done with guys like David Price uh, going from Tampa up to Boston. So let's see what happens with Soto. But that is why I had him where he was on that day. Um, on your list, I want to highlight a guy that you have on your list. I want you sure. to talk him about him a little bit. I have him a little bit higher on mine. Um, and that's Anthony Santander. Give me a little bit of praise about my about my about my guy from the O's. How did I know this was coming? Because um, I I told you when we revealed these to each other because we didn't want to do the reveal on the show. Uh, I told you I was very surprised that you had him on there because I feel like he's an he's an extremely underrated player. Yes. The reason he is included is something that you mentioned to me, I don't know, three weeks ago. And that is he could be probably the best trade bait in um, in baseball. If the O's need to pick up something at the deadline, he may be the guy to go if the O's don't want to spend money and keep him around. And I think that's going to be motivating, not to mention you look at that team he has around him. He is going to get a lot of primo at-bats in a lot of 
very good situations, and he's pretty good defensively in a place that has a lot of outfield to cover. So he's going to be able to flex that gold glove and and make a, a or he's going to be able to flex toward a gold glove. So that's why he's there. And honestly, it was it was a him Castellanos and Tucker. Well, Tucker should probably be higher, but I also have George Springer there too, and Springer may be a DH. But you also have a guy on your list that is definitely going to be a TA. Well, not definitely. He's played some outfield in the in spring training already, but that's Tejo. Yeah. Um, so actually, no. Tejo's going to be playing the outfield. He's not going to be DH because of. Here, so. here, here's the thing that is going to be just. You look at your list, and I want you to take a good look at your list. How many former Cardinals are in your top ten? Former um, or current? Because there's three. One, I mean, I see two. I'm Lane Thomas, Adolis Garcia, and Jordan Walker. Oh, Lane Thomas. Okay. And I'm not a hundred. But I mean, but and Fernando Tatis. I mean, his dad played here for a while. But that's that kind of yeah, it doesn't. But still, you're gonna find a lot of these outfielders came from the Cardinals organization because that's what we do and we don't keep them around. And then we have people like Jason Hayward wasting time. Anyway, let's move along. Let's go to center field. You're going to have to explain to me how Julio Rodriguez is better than Mike Trout. Well, it is what you could say is a recency bias. Hey, Ed, let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. What is the most crucial statistic in baseball? Wow, you couldn't be more vague with that question. I, you would probably say games played, right? Availability is the best is the ability? Best. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. Okay, so Julio Rodriguez is the best player when it comes to availability out of these guys in the top five that I have. And on top of that, he has the potential to have the best bat out of these guys. Uh, you can maybe argue judge, but Rodriguez has slowly, I mean, AL, AL Rookie of the Year two years ago, put together another stellar season. I don't see any reason for regression from him, and I believe that he's going to take this top spot this year. He's going to be on a team that has great solid pitching. They put some more bats around him. That's going to help him. Mm-hmm. Um, he had Teo around him last season, and he played like ass in Seattle. But, th- I mean, that that's the main reason why, the, the team around him, kind of like how you feel about the, about the Rangers regressing. I think Seattle's going to take a step forward here. Sure. No, that's that's perfectly understandable. And to answer um, your question straight up, Trout's injury prone, it feels like. Yeah, he's still the most talented player in baseball, not named Shohei Otani. Wow, I can't believe I have to ask you this question. Why is Aaron I Judge did not, fifth? Why is Aaron Judge fifth and why is Cedric Mullins fourth? The glove, for one. Mullins is much better defensively than Aaron Judge. Um, for two, I screwed up this list and okay. Aaron judge should be two. Rodriguez should be three. Robert should be four and Mullen should be five. Okay. So you're shifting everybody down. Okay. Yeah. I screwed um, up this list. There's no way around it. I, I screwed it up. The one guy I was one other guy I want to ask you about, cause he is not even projected to be a starter on your St. Louis Cardinals. Dylan Carlson. Yes. Um, it could be another situation where I screwed up, but I'd have to look at the depth chart. Who is supposed to be in center field? Tommy like, okay. Um, and I guess this kind of changed today, given the fact that the Cardinals signed Brandon Crawford. Um, Edmonds an infielder. I don't like him in the outfield. I don't, I just, he's an infielder and Given that Crawford is now signed as, I guess, Mason Wynn insurance, um, I guess Edmund is going to have to find a spot somewhere, whether it be a DH or in the outfield or, or whatever. But uh, uh, no. Right now, according to Fangraph roster resource, your projected bench is – your projected starting outfield is Newbar in left, Walker in right, Edmund in center – and then your bench is projected to be Matt Carpenter, Brandon Crawford, and Dylan Carlson on the bench. Mason Wynn is still projected to start at short. 
Who who is their DH there? Because uh, Brendan Donovan, which is another outfielder from the or no, he's an infielder. He, yeah, the Cardinals have a lot on the infield. Um, which is another reason why signing Brandon Crawford is head scratching. We can do a show just on the O's in St. Louis to preview too, if you want, because we both can sit here and talk about. But yeah, you're right. If if Carlson's not going to be there, and I probably should change this now, um, you know, you can plug a bunch of guys in there. I don't believe I, uh, Chaz, Jazz Chisholm, Sal Fralick. You know, your your eight, nine, and ten could all go in there. You know, maybe. Yeah, my. My 10 is probably one of the only bright spots in Oakland, Esteri Ruiz. Uh, this dude could – this dude, if he stays healthy all season, I will go out on a limb now and say he steals the most bases in MLB. I did a best ball draft today, and he was one of my late picks because steals are worth five points each in that format. Well, So I'm going to take all the steals I can get. Somebody's got to do something in Oakland because, I mean, because there's nothing there. And – they may still be in Oakland because Vegas may be falling through. Salt Lake City that's is now a, an option. That's a show for a different day. Ooh, um, Could you imagine Salt five. Lake City? How picturesque <laughs> that would be. I mean, granted, they couldn't play in April or October and late September because of snow. But still, that yeah. that would be um, such a – I mean, look at what they did for the that outdoor game they had there when they had to play it at night because it got too hot. But still, like, I wouldn't hate it. Uh, Let's – Let's move so on to Ed gave you Ed gave you his top five. Let me run through mine really okay, quick. Yeah, sure, um, sure. Julio Rodriguez, Mike Trout, Aaron Judge, Luis Roberts, and I do have Cody Bellinger in at fifth. Uh, I'm just going to mention it because he was fourth on Ed's list, but Ed said he would change that. I have C Money down at uh, seven. So he is on my list, but I did not have him anywhere near as high. Let's go to left field. And speaking of former Cardinal outfielders, we both have a former Cardinal at number one, Randy Rosarena. That may go down in history as one of the worst trades in, Cardinal, in Cardinals history, getting rid of him. Now, af- since we both agree on number one, everything after that is a massive crapshoot. Yeah, we left field is a really weird position when you think about it. And we both, ha- we both have some DH guys in there as well. Like, for example, you have Stephen Kwan at third. I have him at ninth. You have Brian Reynolds at second. I don't even think I, I have him at fifth. Why do you like small market corner outfielders? I mean, just Brian Reynolds is another Pittsburgh. I, like I, like I said earlier, I'm higher on Pittsburgh than you are. Um, I agree that you're For high. example, I have, what, three, four of their guys on Omar. I have, I had O'Neill Cruz at short as well, which didn't get mentioned. Um, but, uh, first of all, Brian Reynolds has a great bat behind him. Speed, quick, great position to play in left field. Um, eh, quick for a left fielder, let me say that. Um, and, and Stephen Kwan, I mean, he's a he's he's a bright spot in Cleveland. Am I wrong? He's one of the great guys that he's a guy that if I'm a Cleveland fan, I want them signing Kwan long term. Um, we, in fact, so you, the the baseball game that you and I went to opening day in Cleveland, he made a hell of a catch. Yep. In left field, right in front of us. Um, um, your your list and on my yeah. list, this is a, this is a really weird one, right? Because you have Yelich, Yelich is DH in this year. You have Schwarber, Schwarber's DH, and um, Ian Happ's probably DH. He's probably going to be a coin toss. Um, but I mean, I want to run through both of these lists in whole. We don't really need to talk about them just because they are so different in a sense. I have a Rosa Reina, Brian Reynolds, Stephen Kwan, Nimmo. Ian Happ, Nolan Jones, Teoscar Hernandez, who you have at right field, I just have it left, uh, Masaka Yoshida, Dalton Vicharo, and Chaz McCormick. Go ahead and run through yours. No, because uh, the more I look at it, the more it pisses me off how, how wrong it is. Uh, because there's another former Cardinal in there that's with a team that is going to be very good, and that's Tommy Pham in Arizona. Tommy Pham is a free agent. Oh, well... Is he really? Why? Tommy Pham is not signed. Actually, it was, it came out today. Tommy Pham has not even been offered a contract. Why? That, see, that just goes to show I was really tired when I made these rankings, and that's another mistake on my part. Let's go to a mistake on your part, and that is the starting pitching. 
You have Spencer Strider over Garrett Cole. Explain yourself. I don't think I need to. I mean, Strider was one of the most dominant pitchers in baseball last year. Yes, Garrett Cole was too. Strider's younger. He plays on a better team, in my opinion. He's going to get more run support. Everybody loves the win stat. Um, And he's probably going to have the most strikeouts in Major League Baseball. Uh, I think you can argue. I think you can argue Cole or Strider. It's very funny. You have him third on your list. The guy you have second on yours, I have seventh on mine. So we're both very different there. Um, but, I mean, that's that's just how I say it. I think Strider is going to be the most dominant pitcher in baseball, and he's going to run away with it, and I'll say young. Okay, fair enough. I mean, all right. Yeah, if that's your opinion, you're more than welcome to it. You, you could be wrong. But there is a guy I need you to defend on your list. Sure. Actually, you know what? No, you go you go first. Let me make sure I'm just not I'm just not an idiot. That's gonna be a tough task. Um I have Garrett Cole at one and Zach Gallon at two and Strider at three. And honestly, it it's a toss up for me between Strider and Gallon. The way Gallon pitched coming down the stretch and really most of last season is the reason he's there. Um but yeah, it, it Two and two A for that one. I got Gosman, Wheeler, Yamamoto with the Dodgers, Sonny Gray in St. Louis. And that's one you and I argued about a lot with Sonny Gray. Then Corbin Burns in Baltimore, Luis Castillo in Seattle, and Max Freed in Atlanta. You don't explain why you don't have the NL the reigning NLCI winner on your list before we get And that crushed. and that would be who? Blake Snell. Because he isn't playing right now. That is your, I mean, that's fair. That, that that was how you did all your list. You didn't really put any free agents on there besides fam. And that was just a mental error on your part. And um, the reason I say that that is important is because spring training has already started. You know, he's at least a week, two weeks behind everybody else because he didn't report with his catchers. So wherever he does sign, whether it be the Yankees or elsewhere, he's going to have to establish that relationship with his catcher and get comfortable there. He's also two weeks behind everybody in their workout regimen, getting stretched out, playing long toss, getting ready to go three, four, five, six, seven innings, whatever. If he signs, he's immediately probably right around Kevin Gosman at four. But until he does, not really sure I can put him on a list. And the longer he goes, without being signed and without getting into a team's spring training, the worse his season is going to be. Um, I mean, listen, that is all fair. Um, I just wanted it to be put out there of why you didn't, why that prominent of a name was left off your list. And that was how you did all of your lists. Um, my top 10 is Strider, Cole, Luis Castillo, Logan Webb, who is not on your list, Corbin Burns, Kevin Gossman, Zach Gallen, Zach Wheeler, Blake Snell, and Yoshinu Yamamoto. Fair enough. Let's switch gears. Let's go to the back end. No questions Let's... about anybody on my list? I'm surprised. <sighs> I mean, no, not really. We kind of have the same guys, just in a different order. I'm not shocked you have Burns at five. Honestly, when it comes, I'm really shocked you didn't make me defend Sonny Gray. But when it comes to most of these guys. It's a crapshoot on who's the best starting pitcher. I was going to make it. That was who I was going to question you about. But I mean, if I I was really, if I really wanted to ask you a question about anything, I was really going to ask you a question about how the hell you do not have Logan Webb on your list. What do you want me to say? I'm not sure I can say anything. I mean, somebody had to make the cut. I mean, that that's fair. That's fair. I, I, I really can't go any further than that this is another list that's going to be fun to discuss in a sense it's it's something because you can yeah literally list these guys in almost when we were when we looked at this we just kind of looked at it and we were like huh i get that yeah it's baseball is one of the few sports that you can make a list like this and it be so subjective to how you like to see baseball played and just you you could defend anything anybody anywhere um 
and that's our, kind of our, our relief pitchers, which we really didn't even do relief pitchers. We actually we should have just made this closers because we have like 15 to 20 closers up here. That's sort of maybe like 12 to 15. I'd say 15 tops is different, but I have Hader, Duval, Classe, Williams, Duran, Diaz, Diaz. Uh, Edwin Diaz, then Alexis, uh, Alexi Diaz, Iglesias, Seawald, and and Kimbrel. Now let everybody hear how different your list is from mine. Uh, my list is terrible. I I hate this list. I hated doing this. I actually list. don't. I actually I, don't think it is terrible. I'm gonna be honest. I hated I doing this it list. It was one. It was the hardest list I had to do on all of them. It was also the last one I did, so I was the most tired. And this one is so subjective because it seems like bad teams always have a dominant closer because that's the one thing that they will pay for. And you look at our list, neither of us have, uh, you have Iglesias for Atlanta at eight. Who's the Dodgers closer? Yeah. Who's the Yankees closer? Do we know? Uh, It don't matter. They're irrelevant. They're the, they're projected to be two of the top teams in baseball. I mean, the Yankees aren't irrelevant. That's just me calling them irrelevant. Let's see. But, I mean, I got Helsey. Edwin. Who do the Yankees have? As I can I can pull them that in. Um, All right. Yeah. Well, let Luke, me read through my list while you do that. Go ahead. Uh, I got Helsey, Edwin Diaz, Helsey of St. Louis, Edwin Diaz of the Mets, Devin Williams in Milwaukee, Camillo Doval of Minnesota, which all of those teams could theoretically be playoff teams, and they all could finish last in their division. Uh, Josh Hader in Houston because I just, I just like the way that guy looks. Another team, another few teams that could finish dead last in their division. David Bednar in Pittsburgh, Alexis Diaz in Cincinnati, and Jordan Romero in Toronto. Emmanuel Classe in Cleveland is my nine, and Jan I said that wrong, didn't I? Duran in Minnesota at ten. I'm pre- yeah, I'm pretty sure I have two guys in Minnesota, and that's not going to work. But even then, um. It is what it is. So, I mean, it is what it is. If there is one thing that we have learned over the course of the years of us doing this show, if there's one thing any of you have you have you have learned at home, it's that I can't pronounce hockey players' names, and Ed cannot pronounce Spanish baseball players' names. This is very true. Yes. Uh, the Dodgers closer is slated to be Evan Phillips, and the no Yankees idea who that closer, is is slated to be Clay Holmes. And I got thinking about this while I was talking about it. Do you know why a lot of the good teams don't have their closers with that domination? Because they're not in safe situations. Bad teams win close games because they have to, or they're not going to win games at all. Good teams don't have safe situations because they've already beaten everybody. So, that's that. The last position we really have to go through is not really a position we can go through, and that is the utility man slash DH. Hands down. I have just DHs listed on mine. Well, it, it, that's just the way I wrote it up. But the yeah. top the top two are, are the most obvious, and that is Shohei Otani and Jordan Alvarez. And as we were making this, we kind of went back and forth a little bit. And we were discussing a few things, and I – Giancarlo Stanton should absolutely be on my list as well. And J.D. Martinez, once he signs, should be on that list. Kyle Schwarber's on my list. Christian Yelich, Marcelo Zuna, Justin Turner. Wherever some of these dominoes fall, it's going to affect it. But I did list 10 because I'm an overachiever. And it says I never do anything to the fullest, so I had to prove him wrong. Uh, And my list consists of Shohei Otani, Jordan Alvarez, J.D. Martinez, Kyle Schwarber, Christian Yelich, Justin Turner, Josh Naylor, Giancarlo Stanton, and Ryan Mountcastle. To what I was saying, this is the this is what I was saying. Um, Shohei Otani will be pitching for the Dodgers if the division is not won in September. I don't agree with you on that. One hundred percent. They have too much money invested in him, and they don't uh, need him this year. If if he if he is healthy, 
if he is healthy, he will be pitching late in the season. Or you will hear a smattering of people calling for him to be pitching late in the season. I mean, I think mean, about that it. may happen, but in the in the playoffs, yeah. in the playoffs, if they need a pitcher to come in in the seventh, in the eighth, in the ninth, in game, let's say five of the division series, because they're probably going to lose in the division series like most Dodgers teams do. And you have Shohei Otani sitting there stretching out his arm. You don't think Dave Roberts is going to look real hard at seeing what he could come up with there? Listen, I, this this is why I disagree with you. You have these are guys they have in the minors that are not projected to break camp. Period. Shevin sure. Stone, Michael Grove, Landon Knack. Landon Knack, you probably haven't heard of, but he has really good stuff. Um, now guys that now they're projected their projected rotation: Yamamoto, Glass, now Bobby Miller, Paxton, Emmett Sheehan, Kershaw will be coming off the IL at some point in the season. Mm-hmm. Walker Bueller will be coming off the IL some point in the season, uh, and probably Dustin May. Okay. Which Dustin May, Walker Bueller, and Kershaw are clear three, are three clear major league starting pitchers. Um, and yes, I understand that, but you're looking at eight guys right there, uh, along with, along with Grove and along with Stone alone. I don't see how they even chance it, not to mention they have the positional depth to go out and make a trade for another starter to where they're good, not going to risk a $700 million man. I'm sorry. There's no way in hell that kid, that guy pitches this year. No way in hell he pitches. Can I call him a kid? No, you can't. I'm just saying like. No, he's the same age as us. Okay. I, I have a feeling it's going to happen. Call me crazy. But I have a feeling the Dodgers, crazy. If, if needed, they're going to call on Shohei Otani. Anyway, that's our position rankings going into 2024. Now, Dan came up with an idea, and I don't know where he got it from, and honestly, I don't care, about him and I doing a game. And this game will be we pick position groups from a team now, and then we hold on to them the entire season. And the cumulative winners of war... We'll get a nice little trophy. It may be another beard or head shaving or whatever. Um, But the rules are as follows. We each have two picks of each position group. The position groups consist of on the infield, you got the five positions around the horn. On the outfield, you get the three outfielders and a DH. Starting pitching is one. Relief pitching, including closers, is the other. Once one team has a position grouped pick, That team is ineligible for the rest of the draft, i.e. if I say I'm picking the Dodgers starting pitching, no other of the three position groups for the Dodgers can be picked after that. By you. By both of us. That's the way I'm changing. No, that's the way I'm changing this, which makes it all the more valuable for us to pick the best one from each team. We're going to do this a little bit different than your little Reddit idea or wherever you got it. We're going to Dan's going to be in charge of where we're going to get the war, whether it be baseball reference or anywhere else. And we're going to update uh, this fan from Fangraphs. We're going to update this every month when we do our monthly baseball recap at the beginning of the month. Dan, we need to flip a coin and I have a coin right here to determine who's going to pick first. This will be a snake style. So you get either the first pick or two picks after. Are you ready? Uh, let's, flip it. let's flip it on a phone so we both can hear it, because I don't trust you and you don't trust me. I was just going to hold it so you could watch it on the camera, but all right. I don't know where my phone is, so you're going to have to flip it on your phone. Oh, you're already making this more difficult. Dan, you get the first. You get the choice. Do you want the first pick or two picks after? I'll take two picks after. All right. Are you ready to begin? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, Danny Boy, my first pick, I am taking the Atlanta Braves infield. All right, and with my first pick, I will take the Philadelphia Phillies pitching. Starting or leaving? Starters. 
All right. What is your second pick? I will go with the New York Yankees outfield. Interesting. So you're betting on Judge and all them, huh? All right. Fair well, enough. well, well, don't forget the outfield. I do get the DH as well. No. Very true. Oh, man. Not going to lie. I was I was looking at the Yankees. Out. Oh, man, I can't pick the Braves either. Boy, that is tough. I'm glad you came up with yeah. that. Where, where exactly did you get this idea from? Um, I got this from uh, Talking Baseball, the John Boy podcast. All right. I am taking the Dodgers starting pitching. For my next pick, that ends round number two. Oh, man. In round number three. Hmm. Hmm. I think I'm going to stay with the starting pitching. And I'm no, going to go. No, no. Okay, 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 okay. I'm going to go with Seattle's starting pitching. All right. You're up with two picks, go. buddy. Where you got? I am going to go with Houston's. You son of a bitch. Infield. God, that was going to be my next pick. All right. What else you got? Um, this is a lot harder when we can't. Yeah, isn't it though? Uh, what? Oh, fuck you! You took them. Yeah, you took them. Oh my god! Uh, I was, I was about to, I was about to say Seattle starting pitching. That was where I was going. Um, clearly I can't do that, and I can't take that team. Oh, you uh, son of a whore! That was gonna be my next pick as well. Gosh darn it! Let me go with. Oh, I can't go there either, can I? Nope. Can, can can you move your move your cursor for me? Move your move a box here on. I can't remember what I just took. You took Houston's yeah. infield. So far, you have Philly starting pitching, Yankees outfield, Houston's infield, Atlanta, LA, and Seattle are also off the board. Give me. Minnesota's bullpen. Oh, good pick. Minnesota's bullpen is projected to have a 4.6 war, second overall in baseball behind Philadelphia's bullpen, who are at 4.7. You ready to hate me? Because I am taking Baltimore's outfield and St. Louis's bullpen. Now the Cardinals. Two teams are done. The Cardinals, the Orioles are also off the board. Dan, you need four spots. Yeah, I don't. I can take my I can take my starting pitching last. So let's go with Texas's infield. Ooh. Interesting pick. All right. Rangers infield. All right. What else you got? All right. So I need to go relief pitching or outfield. Phillies are gone. Give me Arizona's outfield. Oh, that was going to be my next pick. All righty, so I need I need a bullpen, an infield, and an outfield. Oh, okay. Give me Tampa's outfield. Come on, a Rosa Reina. And hmm. that's both my outfields. I let's go infield this time. Oh, okay. Give me Toronto's infield. All right, Dan. Give me your last pitching staffs. 
Um, so for my relief pitching, I am going to be taking Cincinnati's relievers. All righty. What else you got there, big guy? And for starting pitching, they're gone. They're gone. They're gone. Compelling radio, I tell you, Dan. I mean, this you made it a lot tougher than what it originally was. Yes. Um, man, I actually have no idea where to go. I'm going to be completely honest. This is... Ooh, wow, yeah, this is a little bit difficult, isn't it? Um, you still have San Francisco starters with Logan Webb. Yeah, that's actually what I was thinking about. Um, I? I was also thinking about Chicago's. Uh, I was, I mean, Tampa starters are out there. Tampa, Tampa, no, no. Tampa's can't not out Tampa. there. Yeah. yeah, I can't take Tampa. Um, can't take Arizona. Can't, I don't want Milwaukee. Um, give me, give me Chicago. Chicago starters, you son of a bitch. I was going to take their bullpen. Uh, which Chicago, Cubs or White Sox? Come on, the Cubs. I have to ask for clarity. Now, I got to find me a bullpen. Now, this is going to be interesting. <sighs> Do I have yeah, – is anybody taking Minnesota? Yes. Yep. Did. Gosh darn it. Uh, uh, am I really going to do this? I've been burned so many times as a fan by Cleveland. I have. Blowing bullpen leads. It's coming down to Cleveland or Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh does have Chapman for now. And that seals it. I'm going with the Cleveland bullpen. <laughs> All right. So just to recap, Dan, starter, starting pitchers. Actually, you have the Reds relievers and the Reds starter or the Cubs starters. Excuse me. I had that wrong. Um, so Dan's starting pitching is Philadelphia and Chicago, his bullpen, Minnesota and Cincinnati outfield, Arizona and the Yankees. Damn good picks. And his infield Houston and the Rangers going with Texas. My starters are the Dodgers and Seattle. My bullpen, St. Louis and Cleveland. Weird. I went there. Uh, my infield are the Braves and Toronto, and my outfield is Baltimore and Tampa. So just to recap what we're going to be doing here, Dan's going to keep track of the war for all of these guys, and we will have this updated at the first of every month on our first show of each month, and this will be cumulative war going forward, which means it could come right down to the end of the year. We'll see how all of this goes. Dan, I don't hate Chicago's starting pitching staff. And actually, if it, if I would have thought about it, I might have actually considered taking Cincinnati's starting pitching staff, to be completely honest. All right. Well, Dan, let's go to my favorite part of the show. Dan, did you know that Netflix is going to be releasing a documentary about what led to the Expos leaving Montreal in 2004? You're going to watch it? Of course. Speaking of Canada teams leaving... <laughs> The Winnipeg Jets may be on their way out of Winnipeg for the next, for the second time, as that franchise has already moved from Atlanta. But waning attendance in Winnipeg is causing Gary Bettman to rethink a team there. Dan, did you know that the San Francisco Giants, for the last 17 years, have started with a different left fielder on opening day? Will that trend continue this year? I believe it will. Let's see. That is the longest streak in baseball, followed by the right field of Cleveland. That may be broken. The Sox at second base at 11 years. Cleveland had it in 12. The Sox at DH in 10 years. That's going to probably continue. Left field in Seattle for nine years. And Houston's DH, Texas at left field and at third base for the last eight years. By the way, Adrian Beltre was the first of those eight years. And then he departed. And that's where... Things got hairy for Texas at the hot corner. Last one, Danny Boyd, Madison Baumgartner. This one was amazing. Madison Baumgartner has more grand slams than Prince Fielder, 
who has more inside the park home runs than Ricky Henderson, who had fewer steals of home than Babe Ruth, who had as many shutouts as Pedro Martinez. That's five facts in one, and they are all mind-blowing. Any comment? No? Fantastic. No comment. All right, ladies and gentlemen, what you can expect from us going forward, part two of our 2024 MLB preview. We're going to get that to you real shortly, and you may get some other stuff. We don't know. But, ladies and gentlemen, as always, we'd like to thank you all for listening. And just remember, if your team is not doing so hot, it can always be the players to be named later who can make it better. See ya!